Hey guys, it's Sophia, Sophia Amoruso, host of Girlboss Radio, founder and CEO of Girlboss. You're listening to a brand new podcast series we're super excited to introduce, inspired by Sephora Collection's hashtag Lip Stories Lipsticks, which features 40 different shades based off of real life stories from remarkable women. Presented by Girlboss Radio in partnership with Sephora Collection, this podcast takes a deep dive into the wildest adventures and notable memories of some seriously inspiring founders, creators, and thought leaders. Stories that took place while they were out there living their real lives, circling the globe, on an epic road trip with friends, owning their Girlboss moment at work, or even just hanging out having fun with their BFFs. You're in for some seriously candid, inspiring, funny stories, and we can't wait to see what hashtag lip stories inspires in you. In this episode, fashion innovator Pia Arobio shares some great hashtag lip stories about global citizenship, brunch day necessities, which we see on her Insta stories and she's so good at, and a hashtag throwback that helped her become the success she is today. Hi, I'm Melissa, an editor at Girlboss, and I had the best conversation with Pia Robio. Hi, my name is Pia Robio. I'm the creative director of a chill little fashion brand called LPA, and these are my lip stories. The first thing Pia and I spoke about was her experience meeting her husband's family for the first time. I feel like I'm a global citizen more than ever since I recently married my Sicilian husband. And we've been together for two and a half years, but I never met his family because they live in a small town on the island of Sicily, which is very far away. He always joked and said that I'm from like the opposite side of the earth, but it like really is when you're there. And his parents don't speak any English. They don't even speak proper Italian. They speak dialect. And so, you know, like being like somebody who's on fucking Instagram, like it's, you know, I feel like girls take trips and it becomes such like an Instagrammable moment. You have your outfits and I was like, oh my God, I need to look so chic on this trip. And and then I go to this beautiful island with people who are all very well dressed, but in like so chic, but in like the most simple way. And then his family, which is so humble and don't speak any English. And I'm horrified that I don't speak Italian and he's stoked because I can't talk to his mom. Like, he's like, this is the best thing that ever could have happened to me. He's like, you guys can't fight. Like, nothing you guys can take and bother each other. You just look at each other adoringly. And I remember on the third day going over to his parents' house, and I had, like, this acne coat on and my new LPA bag and my, like, you know, St. Laurent boots. And Davide dresses really well, and we're, like, feeling ourselves. And I just remember, like, everybody in the room looking at us like we were, like, assholes. Like, kind of, like... It's very, like, yeah, it's too much. Like, who are you showing off for? And I had this very, like, American moment where I just thought to myself, like, you know, like, none of this shit matters to them. Like, my Instagram or, like, my funny things or me talking about what I do. Like, they don't give a shit. It was more so, like, how I carry myself in a room and whether or not I was helping with the dishes and what I have to offer kind of on on, on a different level. Like, I'm very happy that my kids are going to be from there. You know what I mean? I'm really happy that I'm going to have, hopefully be able to afford to go there every summer and have my kids grow up in America and think that everything that makes them cool here just gets, like, completely shut down there. And it really comes down to, like, how you walk into a room and whether or not you're good at soccer <laughs> and, like, if you can cook and if you're nice to your mom and, like, do you open, like, how much you get laid, like, which makes, which means that you're, like, you know, a smooth man. Like, there were kids 
on the island that were 14. Like our friend, the guy who made my engagement ring, his son is 14 and has been with his girlfriend for two years and picks her up on his on his little motorcycle every day and they like sleep over each other's houses. She shaves him. Like it's so dignified and like elevated and not vulgar and and they're they're like little men. It was unbelievable. So it didn't I mean it was to them that my Instagram was cool and I was like a thing, but to everybody else I was just you know, like the world feels so small when you're on Instagram, right? And everyone's like in Positano or doing this or traveling to Coachella or like all these things. But when you know, there's like a language barrier when it comes to like real normal people. It became, I felt very small in that moment. How do you think you like communicated to them who you really were with all of these barriers? I think in those moments where it's hard and I'm lucky that I have an outgoing personality, but I think when you get, unfortunately, when you get like shy, that can come off as cold. So me like touching his mother's arm or putting my arm around her, like hugging her and like always kissing her on the cheek and offering to always do dishes and like cleaning the plates and like serving, like, which she would never let me do, but just being active in that family as much as possible. Like I like smoked a cig with his dad, like just trying to hang out and not, not be snotty, not do anything that could come off as snotty. Obviously like, you know, within cultures, there's different like social cues and movements but I had to be very aware of just being very sweet I had to eat all their food which was insane like I kept falling asleep at the table because there there were so many courses and to not eat was so rude so (laughs) I gained like 10 pounds on that trip you know if you can't hide behind like your my makeup or my clothes or whatever the charm of me telling them what I do and how like funny and cute I am like I had to be like physically and like almost like emotionally very like active in that room. Then Pia told me about her early days working for a demanding boss and what it taught her about being a powerful female My leader. Like biggest hashtag throwback moment was when I lived in the back of um, a showroom for a PR company. I had moved back to L.A. for a little bit and they hired me and I didn't have enough money to get an apartment in New York on my own at the time. So this woman who owned the company who was like, so popular at the time and was notorious for being intimidating and kind of scary and had a book and a show about it was like so nice and so welcoming and was like please like I you're strong like me and you're outgoing like me and you have to be a part of my team and she's you can live in the back of the showroom so I mean we worked like it ended up benefiting me because we worked so many hours that being able to wake up and get in an elevator and go two floors down was fucking unbelievable (laughs) Especially when we were doing fashion shows because we would all, like, work late and then, like, start drinking and then, like, sleep in my bed and then, like, wake up at four to go to the show. But it was this very interesting moment. I feel like that was the—she was one of the first women to be overtly proud of how strong her personality was. And I think now there are so many strong female CEOs and founders and, you know— Instagram was bare like we bare, this was like right after Instagram started right when it started so there wasn't this intense leadership of like strong women and I still think we're all trying to figure out what I mean for me personally like I'm trying to figure out those powerful roles like a lot of the time they come with these titles of like she's a bitch and so I think there are times where in my process of you know launching LPA 
people are looking at you and people talk about you. And I remember like getting feedback, like someone said to me, like that they, someone had said to him, like, oh, I heard P is a bitch. And so that was my first moment of like very hard work, realizing a couple of things looking back now, which is like, you do need to work really hard. I do think that those jobs in fashion that people assume where you have to work that hard to the point where you're like crying and miserable and making no money. I do think at this point it's like archaic and not and not nice. And that being nice to your employees gets you just as much work out of out of those hardworking people than it does being like scary. But I think that I, I'm still so I mean, I've never worked for a woman that was known as being like overly wonderful. I mean, everyone at Revolve is incredibly nice. No one says anything bad about anyone at Revolve. But there is definitely this notion of like being a bitch is cool or that's not cool. Or like, what does that mean? And that you have to be a bitch to be powerful. But maybe she's not even a bitch. Maybe she's just commanding a room. And it's still something that I think about all the time. And it was a played a obviously played a huge role in like defining me as a woman and there are times where you know I stand behind that and I'm like yeah be strong and be strong-willed and don't let anybody intimidate you but also realizing that like with any sort of power comes the responsibility to like actually be a nice person and that, like when I treat you know the people that I manage well they end up working much harder for me it's like the most interesting I mean, I can ru- I can design a dress and run an Instagram fine, but like how to manage a team has been is like the most fascinating part of that whole process. And what changes do you think you've made since when you first became a manager to now? What were some of those moments when you realized that you were making changes? I, as a person, need to make decisions and move forward with them and not be flighty. And when you have a young assistant who is very detail oriented and looking to you for answers all the time. And I second guess myself and something I'm designing and he's, you know, spent two days tech packing a dress. And then a week later, as it's like already submitted and we're getting a sample back, I'm like, I don't think we should make that. I think it's stupid. It's like not appropriate, you know. So I have to be very clear as like an adult woman, like, you know, it's, it's making me a better designer. It's making me a better person to think like, what do I want to make? What actions do I want to follow through on? And then when I follow through on something like I need to follow through on it. And not be so flighty. And, and um, you know, I think it comes with really, like, discovering, like, who I am as a person and then who I am as a designer. I think those are, like, pretty intertwined. And realizing that, you know, if I don't make decisions that I'm proud of right away, that I need to think about things more and not be so reactionary. Because there are people under me that are totally responding to everything that I'm doing all the time. From your first manager, do you think that she was publicly misunderstood or do you think that there were things that she was doing that you've worked really hard not to do there's a line between like being portrayed as like a bitch and liking that or having it be an accident and then like going with that I think it takes a lot of different routes you know as soon as someone said to me this person said that she had heard you were a bitch I didn't I, I didn't freak out I thought to myself Oh, I need to be more conscious of how I act. But if I'm being strong-willed about something and that comes off as intimidating, I'm not sorry for that. And I think that this, you know, woman that I worked for was a badass for so long in a way that she was very quick, knew what she wanted, very intentional. Was I think there's also these frustrations where you know better than everybody because you just do because you know you're good at your job. And then I think 
once that became like her reputation, you become a character of that. And I think like that happens with me with LPA a lot, which is like, I'm like cute and funny and silly and like, and now, you know, I'm 31. So it's like not cute for me to act a certain way sometimes. Like it's not cute for me to be at the party, like drunk and fun Pia, like I'm married and I'm like about to, you know, move in with my mom. And like in the next couple of years, I want to start a family. And so I think it's like just really not becoming like a caricature of yourself. My girlfriend texted me yesterday, who's older than me, Kristen Crawley. She has this like really amazing company. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. She's launching another product. And I was like, you deserve every accolade you're getting. Your products are fucking sick. And she looked at me and she was like, your glow up has been nice to watch. Because <laughs> I could have gone one way or the other. And I see that for a lot of girls. Like you get like cute and popular for being silly on Instagram. And it's like you grow up or you just become a character of yourself. Hey, it's your girl Maggie, co-host on Girl Boss Radio. Let's take a little break to hear about your hashtag lip stories. Tell us all about that life-changing aha moment, that unforgettable road trip, your life-reviving brunch ritual, anything that stands out as a moment to be remembered. We want to hear about it, and we want to hear from you. Use the hashtag lip stories on Instagram and Twitter, and let us know what your go-to beauty essentials are for making magic. And then head over to Sephora.com to check out the actual Sephora collection, hashtag lip stories, lipsticks. They come in 40 incredibly beautiful shades with three different finishes, matte, cream, and metallic. So you have one for every day of the year for any mood, any occasion. They're super addicting and come in the cutest little packaging inspired by real life stories, just like the one you're actually listening to right now. Check them out on Sephora.com or at your nearest Sephora store and let your imagination run wild as to where your daily adventures are taking you next. Now let's go back to our conversation with Pia Arobio. Pia had a moving story about why her brunch days have been so meaningful lately. I literally have brunch every Sunday. It's my favorite meal of the week. Um, But my Sunday routine is really important for me. And it started... Um, when I moved back from New York, probably like five, four or five years ago, I just developed a routine that I've never broken. And so, you know, I always I read the Sunday New York Times. I like to touch the paper on Sundays and have my coffee and make a breakfast. And I like to go to the farmer's market. And that really, really sets me up for the week. It makes me feel like an adult person, which is nice. But Uh, The most important thing that I do without fail always is going to dinner at my parents' house on Sundays. And it didn't matter, like, what cool event was going on or, like, you know, I live in Venice. So, like, Sundays are, like, popping. Sundays at, like, 3, there's, like, 45 barbecues to go to and they're, like, so fun. And I love riding my bike around. But by 2.30, I'm out and I go to Pasadena. And I'm... So thankful that I do that because four Sundays ago after Sunday dinner, my dad died and it was literally like after dinner and I was there all day. And it's been so interesting because, you know, I have a lot of siblings and they're older than me and they have husbands and they have kids. And, you know, my sister and my dad had like kind of gotten into a little bit of an argument and like haven't talked in a while. And like being a family member is really tough and like loving anyone you love is tough. And so 
I just learned for some reason when I was young that like if you love someone or your family or anyone that you have to like actively practice that love. So me going home every Sunday was, you know, like a practice of like my love and respect for my parents. And so it's been like a beautiful experience because I never broke that tradition. And so I think it was, you know, kind of a sign that he had died after dinner is kind of like a respect thing to me. And then on top of that, like, I don't have any regrets about my dad dying. Like, I was there. I was there every Sunday. So there isn't, like, a moment for me where I'm like, oh, I could have done this or I could have done that. Like, I was there every Sunday and, like, was with him all day. And so I'm happy that I developed that routine and never broke it because the greatest gift of my life is that, like, my best friend died and I, like, don't regret it. And then the Sunday dinner was just so great. And then to not break that tradition... Then following Sunday after he died, I married my husband because we were going to do a courthouse ceremony anyway because, you know, we need to get his papers done. We're getting married in September. But I thought, what am I going to do in the first Sunday without my dad? Like, I don't. How are we going to have Sunday dinner? And so I had all my brothers and their wives and their kids and my two best friends and their husbands, and one of their husbands is ordained. And so Davide made, like, two sheets of homemade lasagna. And, like, I already had my little courthouse dress. My grandma brought the—it's, like, this beautiful, like, floral head piece that she got married in in, like, 19-fucking-30. <laughs> and my friend got me a bouquet. Like, it all just came together, like, so nice. And so the first in and in without my dad, we got married in the backyard right where my parents got married. And it was, like, the best. It was so great seeing Pia today. Thank you so much, Pia, for coming on uh, Sephora Collections, hashtag lip stories. How great was her story about learning that you don't always have to work so hard to impress? I mean, it's true. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Be sure to remember to subscribe so you can listen to all the amazing hashtag lip stories we're bringing your way along with Sephora Collection. And don't forget to share your own stories on social media with hashtag lip stories. We want to see how you're out there making your own moves to remember. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> 